What's up, bad babies? It's Mel. And Joanna. You are about to hear a little snippet, a little taste of the podcast that we recorded today. Our seven highlights, a teaser (laughs) of a teaser. It's a teaser of a teaser. Sure is. We hit the highlights from the House of the Dragon season two teaser trailer. That entire podcast, breaking down the trailer, it's over on the new House of Our podcast feed. So if you want to hear that full episode and all of our future House of the Dragon coverage and every episode of House of R, Joe, what do you need to do? Oh my gosh. I would just really advise that you subscribe to the podcast, House of R. We've heard from a few of you here on the road, et cetera, that you didn't know we have our own separate feed. They were like, have Mal and Joe just been snapped out of existence? No, (laughs) we have our own feed now. It's called House of R. And that's where you can find everything that we're doing, including this uh, an hour for a minute. I think that sounds proportionate. Uh, House of our breakdown of the House of the Dragon Frankly restrained. Honestly. (laughs) Uh, Throw us a parade, please. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. We're here to hit the highlights. We're going to talk about our seven favorite things. You know, maybe a smuggler to it is a house of our pod. But broadly, our seven favorite things from the first teaser trailer for House of the Dragon season two, which released this weekend. It's going to be a quick one. Quick one, Bobby B voice <laughs> style. It's all relative. Quick one. We'll have more season two trailer breakdowns coming in the future. We'll have more preview pods coming in the future. This is just the beginning. If you're listening to a trailer breakdown, you're probably like, tell me some things about what I might expect in season two. But we still always want to be cognizant of the spoiler appetite. Joanna and I, as we remind everyone at the beginning of every House of the Dragon or Thrones pod, are book readers. We have read A Song of Ice and Fire. We have read Fire and Blood, the fictional history of House Targaryen on which this year television show, House of the Dragon, is based. In terms of what is to come, on the pod today. We always cite F&B for history, for context. But when we're looking ahead. Yeah. I support F&B, by the way. I laughed. F&B, I don't think, but I like it. F&B. It I'm makes good. me think of uh, at our old Ringer office when we, when we worked at Sunset Gower. The little cafe on the lot was called Food and Bounty. F&B for short. So, yeah. It's a little way of talking about fire and blood and also thinking of all the cups of soup I used to have it. <laughs> food and bounty on the Sunset Gower lot back in the before times. F&B approved. Loader still verboten. <laughs> Carry on. I can't promise you that I'll never again in my say loader in your hearing, but I can promise you that I will try. And okay. hopefully that is good That's enough. That's all we can do. That's something. That's all we can do. So here's how we're breaking up the pod today, Joe. First half. 
not book spoiler territory. Again, we're going to talk about things that are going to happen in the season because that's the point of today's pod, but it's going to be stuff that is readily apparent in the trailer, signals and clues that we have here, some casting news. Where do we leave off in the season one finale? What plot threads were set up for us that we can assess more fully now that we have seen some footage, et cetera? Second half, we will give you a warning at the times that you know you're on the precipice of these topics that's the book spoiler zone. That's where we will be talking about some of the things that we glimpsed in this trailer that made us gasp and say, insert thing X here. Holy shit, this is it. It's coming. We're going to talk about blink that in the blink. back half of the pod. Oh my God, the blinking of the blink. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Literally you get that. It. Yeah, yep. I sure do. I sure do. Those are items uh, five and six <laughs> on the list. <laughs> okay. Let's dive right in. The seven, you know, ish, most exciting things in the hot D season two teaser trailer. Boom. Before we dive into number one, Joe, just a couple quick reminders. Season two, when is it airing? What do we know? How many episodes? Who's in charge? So glad you asked me. No, none among us know when exactly this is coming out. <laughs> but summer of 2024 is what we're being told. You think that's June, right? Is that what you said? I was for a long time parsing what the word early meant in the Casey Bloys early summer comments from a few weeks ago. And uh, my gut is that early summer means June and maybe it means before the calendar technically says it's summer. So maybe it's early June, but I have absolutely no idea. Could this be May? Could it be July? Are they just now saying summer 2024 to leave open the possibility that it's August? I have no clue. The reason I'm saying May, which is a usual uh, Thrones time, is May 31st is the cutoff for Emmy eligibility. And if you don't make that cutoff, then you're so far away from the following year when Emmys come around. So, like, if they can even just, like, debut at the last week of May, they make the cutoff, I believe. Would they not say spring then? Do people think, is the worry if you say spring that people are, like, expecting it to be March or April? Yeah. 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 Really, so I think I'm I'm putting my chips, my okay. small all my small balls on the last <laughs> week of May. Okay, and if it's sometime okay. in June, you win. We're, there are no stakes, no prizes, just honor. Okay, I, the the Emmy point is a is a great one. Uh, it's I have yeah. I mean, I just want to date. I just want to know. <laughs> I, I know that's all we want. Um, how many episodes? Eight. Not as many episodes from season one. Yeah. So this makes us wonder if perhaps some things that we had previously thought were going to be in the season might have been pushed into the following season. Um, We've got a change of in the creative team. Miguel Sapochnik has exited the stage. Enter Alan Taylor, uh, who I have mixed feelings about, but I'm very curious to see as a sort of season EP and director of multiple episodes, including the premiere. Um, Alan also did direct a crackerjack episode of Blue Eye Samurai. So like, you know, just, I'm, I'm trying to use the most recent data to assess my feelings here. Um, no more major time jumps. And this is a big thing. We have the, ma- the the huge, not only like the huge time jump in season one where we changed actors, but between episodes, years might pass. Um, that's no longer going to be the case. The Dance of the Dragons only takes place over three years, depending on how you read the calendar, two to three years. Um, and so, and we're expecting five seasons total, I believe. And so I think we're just going to go bam, 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 bam. Cause that's how the, 
That's how the dance went. So uh, that should hopefully be less confusing for viewers than some folks who were a little lost in season one. Mallory Rubin, let's talk about a couple queens, shall we? Um, what did you make of the posters that we got of our soot-smeared royalty, Rainier and Allison, with a couple intriguing phrases on their posters? What did you think? Always love a character poster. Always love this part of the run-up to a, a new season of a show where we get our character posters and our slogans, our taglines. So we had a Rhaenyra poster and an Allison poster, and the Rhaenyra poster said, fire to fire, and the Allison poster said, blood for blood. Fire and blood, Joe. Wow. Here it is. Here it <laughs> I'm is. not sure if you're aware, but the Dance of the Dragons is the Targaryen Civil War, the War of Succession. So the house words here are divided across the leadership of Team Black and Team Green. Everybody looks very intense. And uh, I'm thinking that, that there might be some tension in season two of Hot D. Yeah. Yeah. Things are going to be a little tense. I like that they're kind of sooty. You know what I mean? Like that they're like, the the dragon fire has been a flaming and we are we are feeling its heat. Uh yeah. I guess this by the way is also implied, but we should say on the spoiler warning front that we will obviously be accounting for where season one of House of the Dragon left off. So Spoilers I don't know why you'd be listening season to this pod one. If yeah. you had not watched season one, but uh we we will be we will be chatting about that. And so yeah, you really feel that season one concluded with Vagar murdering chomping chomping down on uh little Lucerus and Arax very painful still an ill-fated trip to Storm's End Rhaenyra has one tear track through the soot on her face and then Allison's eyes are like basically like brimming with tears so uh it's not a happy fun season or war uh that's upcoming here and there's like cool sparks um, flying one of my favorite parts of the, sorry, I know we don't have a ton of time. Um, but one of my favorite tiny details on, um, Allison's poster is there's like sparks everywhere, but one of the things that's like caught fire is like a little scrap of green fabric. I just love that. I'm like, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it's black fabric over on the other side, but that could be ash, but it's definitely green fabric on fire in Allison's poster. Can we talk about some casting news? Please. Are we going to run down the whole thing or do we want to like pull out some highlights? We can pull out some highlights here. We can hit them in context as we go, whatever you prefer. Can I just shout out two? Please. Three. I lied. Three. Four. Okay. <laughs> Max. <laughs> Tom uh, Taylor as Lord, as Lord Cregan Stark. Huge. Massive. Not physically massive as a person because this character is young, but like this is a big, this is, we got a Stark. A Stark has entered the chat. We will be coming back to this today. Fun fact about Tom Taylor that must drive the hair and makeup department absolutely bananas. He's a natural blonde, unlike most of the Targaryens on the show. (laughs) He's got beautiful, like, glossy blonde hair, a beautiful blonde beard, and they have to, I guess, slap a brown wig on him. We'll see, but I'm assuming. Um, Tom Bennett is a personal favorite of mine. I love this actor. If you've ever seen Love and Friendship, which is a phenomenal Jane Austen adaptation. He is so funny in that. I just adore him and he's been cast as Ulf. Um, and I'm I'm just like really, I'm excited. He's excited. If you go to his Twitter feed, he's just like, he's like, because it was, it was, I, I, my sense is he had to keep a lid on this for a very long time. And like, then it's officially announced and he's like, guess what I'm doing? I'm in House of the Dragon. So I'm really excited about that. 
our shared, one of our shared loves, Freddie Fox, Slow Horses, season three. Mallory and I the are, great. Are, are in Can it. You go the great. On the great. Spider on Slow of Horses. The Fox acting dynasty in the UK is Sir Gwen Hightower. This is this is fantastic news for us. I am thrilled thrilled about this. And this is the kind of role, we saw a lot of this in season one, where you could take a character who is like present in the story. There's so, I mean, honestly, to go back to the character posters for a second, one of my main thoughts, not that there was any doubt that Allison and Rhaenyra would remain the the stars and central (laughs) figures of the story. Of course, they're the protagonists, but it is always such a surprise now that we are in the era of the adaptation and actually seeing House of the Dragon on our screens to revisit Fire and Blood and see how often the the women and Alicent and Rhaenyra in particular, the, the characters are not there, not nearly as central as the men. And so there's so much room to play in Gawain, Gawain Hightower's In Fire and Blood, but there is ample opportunity here to let Freddie Fox cook and inject some levity into the proceedings, which I simply cannot wait for. He's so good at levity, but also like, sinister the same like it's just he's got a lot of layers great guy last but not least another favorite of mine also Simon great Russell at Beale. quaking oh. in terror if it yeah. comes to that if he needs to <laughs> shout out spider uh simon yeah. russell beale as sir simon strong i'm simon russell beale is just an acting legend incredible in everything he does this is like this is the kind of like character actor you could just like absolutely fall in love with like um, we did in so many uh, of the of the like supporting roles in Thrones. This is just like who you want. Like I would say, Simon Russell Beale is to like my excitement for Lyman Beesbury in season one. Like this is this is where I am. Huge. So we'll the see. bad babies know that that's a a real signifier. Mark of wow. honor. Huge. Mark of honor. So any anything else that we didn't get to that you want to point out in the casting list? Okay, great. I have a, a casting item that I'll come back to at the very end of like, oh, intriguing. Mm, we didn't yes. see this. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that later today. I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple, couple other casting things will come up as we go through some of our items. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Let's get to it, Joe. Let's dive in. Let's talk about our number one item here. And these are not really like ranked in order. It's just a list of things we're excited about. No particular order. We're excited about all of it. Can I tell you? I'm just like, I'm like fizzing. This is so, <laughs> it's so fun just, to be talking uh, to you about this Back again. in Westeros together. Delightful. Truly thrilling. All right. Here's number one today. Our first thing that we're going to chat about. The central 
theme of the trailer. Because this was a big thing if we like hearken back to those preseason one days when the excitement was so high, what were we going to see? What was House of the Dragon going to feel like? And the trailers, once we, once we actually got to the premiere and we're like learning about Aegon's dream, the prophecy, and then we see the role that that plays throughout season one, etched on the dagger, the song of ice and fire. Now you go back and rewatch the trailers now, that is like really central as a note. Teaser one, Damon. Dreams didn't make us kings. Dragons did. The official, the first official trailer. Corliss, what is this brief mortal life if not the pursuit of legacy? So the idea of legacy again. The second official trailer, Viserys. The dream, it was clearer than a memory. On and on the list goes. And so it is certainly purposeful that we only get three total lines of dialogue in this trailer. It's about a minute total of footage, even though the full YouTube clip is longer. And we will be citing some timestamps as we go today. Those will be from the, the, the YouTube timestamps. When we hear Otto say, and here we are right back to the <laughs> Otto pronunciation, and I will not apologize. The no. accent is what it is. Errors were made in the hours following King Viserys' death. And we're thinking back to that horror that Aemon felt when he saw what Vagar did and realized he did like the hubris of thinking you could control your dragon. Rhaenys, the hammer line at the end of the trailer, there is no war so hateful to the gods as a war between kin. Kinslaying is a central focus of this season. It's a central focus of the Dance of the Dragons. It's a central focus of fire and blood. All the Dance of the Dragons is, is like blood v. blood. Kid no man or woman is as accursed as the kid slayer. That's the quote from Fire and Blood that we returned to so often last season. And here it is, that note for us right at the beginning. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's going to be on people's minds. There's also, there's also Allison being like, oh no, people are going to die. It's like, yep, yep. Good stuff. Good You're stuff. Right, Can't wait babe. to see what the mood is when Aemond returns and is confronted with this new legacy, right? Aemond to Kinslayer. And then the way that other characters have to navigate what it means to be at war with your own family, with branch with a branch of your family, against a branch of your family. Like this is a, a, a harrowing thing that sets the ground for so much of where we find our characters in Game of Thrones, right? And especially since there was that non- book faithful but I liked it sort of near reconciliation for Allison and Rhaenyra and this sense that unlike you know and given all the like show invented backstory that they gave of their childhood and stuff like that it's this added complication to this war wherein you know rereading this section of the book uh before we recorded you know and you hear that version of Queen Allison says like I hope the bitch dies in childbirth about Rhaenyra or whatever you know and you're just sort of like this is these are not the characters and and with love and respect to the incredible worlds that George R. R. Martin put together here always of course like this is so much juicier and more complicated when it's like when Alicent doesn't like it's not just that like poor little Luke dying is going to kick off a lot of things. It's like, she she doesn't want to cause that pain for Rhaenyra. You know what I mean? It's just so 
much more complicated. And I love that. So absolutely. And like we talked about this a lot in our season one pods, but one of the really delicious things about reading Fire and Blood is that aspect of the not only unreliable narrators, but the competing narrators, how many different accounts there are. And so like when, you know, we talked about something like from a few minutes ago, oh, Allison and Rainier are, are, are often like not even really there in the foreground. And when they are, it's some recounting of a comment, like the one, the horrible line that you just, that you just cited. We're always wondering, well, how faithful is that to the true history as it unfolded? So that's really part of, that's part of the true joy of watching the story come to life on our screens is like seeing this definitive version of events. And especially since there's, uh, as as George intentionally writes it, this sort of the sinister sexism in the description of what's going on in the book, um, intentionally from George. It's not like I'm saying George is sexist. I'm saying like he has put this sexism in the mouth of the narrators. And so then we get to see this is what actually was true of these women. And it's much more complicated than someone saying they hope that bitch dies in childbirth, which is just not what we're doing here. That's just a little taste, a little nosh, a little morsel. But if you have the appetite of a dragon, <laughs> Joe, where do you need to go for the rest? There's a feast, not just for crows, but for you over on House of R, our very own feed. We're on Spotify, where wherever you get uh, your podcasts, there we shall be, House of R. And it's not just our recent episodes. The entire back catalog of everything Mal and I have ever covered, with the exception of Last of Us, which was a prestige uh, uh, episode, um, can be found on the House of Our Feed. So we'll see you over there, my babies, right? All right. Bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.